Hey, it's Paul Purnell here from the RPG Empire. So I have a couple of quick announcements, really quick, hopefully. Uh, first of all, we absolutely adore you. We think you are amazing, and we really are so thankful that you listen to our podcast and that you're a part of our community. And that said, we want to invite you to our uh, Discord server where you can communicate with us. You can ask questions about the stories. You can submit your own fan art and we can all go like, oh my God, I can't believe they made it look so cool or whatever we say. And then also uh, you can, you know, ask questions about running games and how that all works. So definitely hop on over there and join the community more uh, actively. We would love to have you. Um, also, the best thing you can do to support the RPG Empire, besides sending us fat stacks of cash, which we'll always accept, you know, envelopes, you can just address it right to me, um, <laughs> is uh, if you tell a friend. So 100% the best way for a podcast to grow is for people to hear about it from people they trust like you. So I know you have at least one friend. And tomorrow, I want you to go and tell them about this podcast that you're listening to right now that you love so that we can continue to grow and uh, and just really grow as a community. So that's your mission. Uh, and the final last thing to, to just request and say is if you want to support the RPG Empire with actual dollars, the best way you can do that right now is to buy our book, The Dust World RPG PBTA Quick Start Guide. It's five bucks. It's in our uh, shop on therpgempire.com. It's a super light read. It's 30 pages of fantastic layout, great art, and it teaches you everything you need to know to play a Powered by the Apocalypse game if you've never done that. Uh, maybe not everything you know. It It's brief. It's a quick start guide. But uh, it also comes with the playbooks and all the reference sheets. So we would love for you to do that and then hop in the Discord and tell us what, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. We're going to continue to uh, work on that until it's completely done. It should be around 300 pages, include a bunch of awesome manga art because we're really inspired by manga and anime. And uh, that's about it. So uh, those three things, again, were join the Discord to tell a friend, or buy the Dust World book, or do all three. We really appreciate that you listen to the podcast and that you're part of our community, and we can't wait to talk to you more in the Discord. So with all of that said, I'm going to let you get back to the show. Have a good day. Last time on Dust World Neon City. Yeah, he's going to let out a, a roar there as he just lunges at him. This sword is, is freaking incredibly sharp. You see one of the wolf's arms fly up in the air, basically from uh, the elbow down, you just took it right off. So you remember watching the mega arena battles, which is sort of the the grand legal version of what's happening in the pit. And you remember this one particular fighter who you always kind of had a drawing to because of his sort of code of honor and the way he was clever, but also powerful. And his name was Brack Keen. And as you watched him fight, he always would astound you the way he would use the 3D space and the way he would uh, score on his opponents where they would be uh, looking one direction and then suddenly it would come from the side, uh, like always fighting with misdirection and intelligence and strength. And as you're remembering this, this moment, suddenly you get this feeling of Wolf is Brack Keen, but what the hell's he doing here? You're floating in, in this sort of like shadowy place and there's this pinkish glow, this sort of pinkish energy. And when you turn to look, you see standing next to you is this envoy, similar height to you, similar stature. And he's just kind of staring at them over his body. And when you look over to him, he just says, hello. Oh, uh, Hello. Uh, come here often. Oh, uh, no, not really. Oh, oh, first time for me too. But, uh, yes. What do you know about Icarus? He kind of side-eyes you for a moment. And then he, like, looks around and realizes he's dead. And that there's nothing like restraining him. Like he goes to speak and he makes this face like he's expecting not to be able to speak. 
And he's like, well, normally I can't speak of such things, but it seems that my restraining implants are gone. And also, I believe I am dead. So I think I can do whatever I want. Freeing, isn't it? It is. And he starts to float away from you. Whoa, whoa, whoa now. Whoa now. We did, we did, we, I mean, you, hey Chris. Sure, come along and I will show you what I know. He tries to like wrap his tentacles to like start uh, affecting this guy's memory. He, you can feel him sliding into this guy's body and starting to move around inside of this guy's body. And uh, and then a second later, you feel like this surge of blood entering your body as Grin pulls back out and the guy's eyes just kind of roll back in his head and he the tentacles retract and he just falls to his knees and like face plants. And all of a sudden you feel this very, very odd sensation because inside of your chest, you don't feel a thump, thump. You feel a thump, 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 thump. Because Grin ate the man's heart and moved it into your own body. 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 Hello, I'm Paul Purnell, the DM of Dustworld Neon City, an actual play podcast where we use a game, Dustworld RPG, powered by the apocalypse, to tell an awesome narrative story. Roll the intro. Welcome to Neon City. It's crazy here. I'm telling you what, we got the smog's gonna choke you out. Have our cars flying at 100 miles an hour. We got radioactive light of the spires cooking your brains. We got the cutters, the slices, the mechs. And look at this guy. We got the psychomancer, Clarence Wells. He's a pit fighter amnesiac with the power to crush you with his single thought. We got over here, Dr. Andrew Miller, the philanthropist doctor who's gonna help you out. You just come to his door with your scraped knee, he gets you sorted, but secretly he's got inside of him a parasite that wants to eat you. And over here we got his right-hand man, Silent Monday. Dude don't talk, but he's got an LCD suit that pops up his thoughts with emojis and text. And he's got a sword that can cut through just about anything. And if that sounds like your cup of tea, well then you in the right place. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Dust World Neon City. I think Miller's first reaction is just to be appropriately horrified. <laughs> Spend a few moments like just assessing this and thinking, okay, where do I go from here? And then he says like a dog to a dog that, you know, um, ate something off the table. He wasn't supposed to spit it out. He he, want, <laughs> he just wants grin. I'm not messing around. Put that guy's heart back in his body, or we're going to have some serious trouble. What are people going to think when they autopsy this guy and he doesn't have a heart? So you stare at your hand where grin was active a moment ago, and you realize that his face isn't there. Also, your hand that was full of tentacles is back to normal. Your heart is beating. There's two hearts in your chest, but you don't feel grin like he's in you, but he just seems to have passed out or something. And this has happened to you before where he's gone into hibernation because of overuse of his powers. And you definitely think that that's what's happening. So the guy is dead on the floor, right? There doesn't appear to be any signs of it. Uh, um, yeah, he's got no pulse. But there's also no blood. He he looks perfectly fine. Alright. Uh, Doc is going to get the hell out of there. He doesn't really know what to do with a, a guy without a heart. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you haul ass down this hallway. You can hear... Uh, like the sounds of a roaring crowd not too far ahead of you as you come closer and closer to the arena. Where are you going? 
Uh, Doc is terrified. Um, he thinks that everyone knows what happened. He's just sort of like stumbling around. Doc is, you know, running outside of the security room. He, you know, he's loosening his tie. In fact, he just kind of throws the tie away. He just sort of lets it fall from his hand. He's uh, in shock. And he's sort of wandering around, like looking from left to right, making sure no one is following him. And he hears the fight going on. It probably would be played over the intercom. So he knows that uh, Monday is still uh, in the fight. So he can't really call him. He can't really leave without Monday. So um, Doc is going to just kind of like... Doc's going to go get a beer. <laughs> okay. That's the only real rational, the only real rational thing to do at this point. Nice. Uh, okay, um, great. Maybe just to take the edge off. So, yeah, you, you come out of the behind the scenes sort of area, the uh, employee only section, and you make your way over to one of the many bars in the casino. Um, there are people, you know, rolling dice and gambling I would like for you to roll, uh, survey your surroundings. Four. Oh God. <laughs> Perfect. So that, that I'm ding level. <laughs> level gained. Um, to be fair though, he is in shock. He, he is. Yeah. <laughs> he's not going to be at that, his. That makes sense. Brightest. Totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so tell the keeper one unfortunate truth. Someone definitely knows that the cowboy is uh, causing trouble. They may not know what kind, but uh, Doc, as you know, in his uh, disguise as Austin Abilene, totally stands out. Um, and they're coming right towards him. Okay, I like it. Uh, Doc sees in the reflection of this mirror that's in front of him on this bar. Uh, somebody walking towards him and they sit down next to him and they slide they like kind of wave the bartender and get two beers and slide another one over uh, since Doc has basically finished his first one and you look up and you see a familiar face it kind of sends a shiver down your spine because the person sitting across from you is a friend of yours that you served in the military with back in uh, Frozen. His name is Gleason. And you know he can only be there for one reason. Because you killed his brother. Okay, so back in the ring, El Tigre, woo, you're amazing! Hug my babies, oh my god! Uh, you know, it's going, it's going hecka crazy. And um, as this is happening, you have stepped out. You you have went blow to blow with uh, with the wolf. But you have since like re recalling who he really is. Have you continued to like fight full out? Are you trying kind of more uh, sort of like take down situation that isn't going to harm him forever other than you cut off his arm? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty extreme. Um yeah, definitely wants to end the fight, but also uh, does not want to go for the kill anymore. So. OK, uh, so as you are fighting back and forth um, again, you know, like one of his tactics is this dust cloud, right? He hits the sand underneath him and it just spreads out this dust everywhere, which makes it difficult for you uh, to see him. But also if you open up your visor like and dust gets in your very sensitive eyes. That's also very like a bad problem. Um, what do you do now that you're in this cloud? You know, he's in here somewhere, probably nearby, and he's poised to attack you again. I think not figure uh, with what Monday knows at this point in time, um, since he likes to work with Mr. X, I think Monday is going to try and charge him while keeping an eye out for that misdirect. Yeah, I think with that, I'll give you a plus one forward 
to dodge his next move or to clash if you're wanting to kind of like counter strike. Yeah, he's going to uh, draw what makes it look like he's it looks like he's drawing his sword uh, and then he's just going to charge and keep it out for the misdirect. But yeah, he's definitely going to clash here. Okay, so roll clash. You get the plus one I just gave you plus your ongoing plus one. That is a 14. Oh, boy. Well, I think you did it. Uh, so you're going to inflict your harm. What's your harm? Um, for this, Monday is actually going to change from his sword to his staff at the very end there to make it look like he struck him with the sword. Okay. Uh, I can try and put the damage value was for the uh, staff there. One second. A little sleight of hand. Well, just shift it mid form there, but yeah. Yeah, so you come in, you know, in this cloud, all of a sudden you feel a wisp of air forming and it comes at you straight ahead and then you sidestep as a, like a piece of debris, like a large rock comes flying and would have hit you square in the side if you hadn't have sidestepped. And as you see it kind of moving to your side, you, you get a sense of where he is and you swing your sword and it turns into that staff and whacks him and causes him to go flying towards the wall. Um, he kind of skids to a stop as he has his arm up in front of him. And you can see like a little bit of like shock kind of going through his system as he like kind of shakes it. Uh, he looks a little bit stunned. What does Silent Monday do? I think he's going to double up and go for a second hit while he's taking advantage okay. of the stun. I think uh going to go for the weak spot. Okay, so an extra harm. Yes. So he ended up having to block you with his uh, his off hand, which is the one you cut off. And so like when that hit his arm, uh, it hurt him a whole lot more. Okie doke. And let's clash again. Um, yeah. So he's like kind of holding his nub and like kind of bouncing back and forth, <laughs> kind, of, kind of like a Tekken uh, idle pose, you know, um, as he seems to be like waiting for your attack. And I rolled an eight. Okay. So as you come in to attack him, are you hitting him with your staff again? Yeah. Uh, the staff comes down on top of his shoulder, kind of like forcing him down to the ground. And as it does, these you see the spikes uh, kind of like coming up out of the ground and realize that there was a spike bed right in front of him, like where he stopped on purpose. And, uh, and you feel this weight of air pressure coming down on you and actually forcing you into the spikes. Uh, the spikes do two harm. And with his air, that is uh, additional one harm forceful. So he's forcing you into these spikes. All right. And I believe he still has the four armor for the scene. Oh, does it last the whole scene? Uh, uh, yeah, it says for one scene. Oh, boy. That's fine. I like it. Yeah. So as these spikes come up, they like your whole body is kind of smashed comically down on top of them. You take no harm uh, like physically, but you're you're like still forced where he wants you. And as you kind of like force down uh, the spikes again, like when they hit you, they kind of just push you up and down because they're like kind of coming up. Uh, to hit you and so you're just kind of like on top of them like they're a bed of spikes but they're not close enough together to be a bed they're like you know close enough to skewer your feet essentially uh, and then as you're pushed up uh, you see him like wave his hand around in a certain pattern and a gust of wind comes up like kind of underneath and sends you flying back into the air away from him um, and you hear this as you're like flying away he's like you're quite good I like a good fight. Hmm. I think instead of saying or well doing anything in particular, I think Monday is going to use the growing part of his staff to try and swing around and get another hit in. <laughs> okay. So yeah. let's clash. Oh, yeah. 12. Monday's a clash machine. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to try and force him where I want to, which is on the ground, unable to attack. Okay. 
you can force him on the ground, but you can't really make him not able to attack. Uh, so, yeah, as you're like flying back in the air, you have a hold of your staff that you had just hit him with. And you kind of like do a twist in the air and the staff stretches because that's one of its qualities, right? Far. Um, it has growing. Yeah. And and so as you spin and grow this staff, it like whacks him straight on the side. And you see his like face like this, like, well, you can't see his expression, but sort of like in his body, uh, sort of body language. You can see like this, like, what the as his whole body is kind of like pinned sideways and just sit flying. And he like hits the ground and kind of like rolls um, and he's like face down on the ground uh, and who knows what sort of dangers could be lurking underneath him. He's looking pretty rough. And with that, we cut up into the crowd where in another sort of plane of existence two Casper, the friendly ghosts are floating around kind of sightseeing. And uh, Clarence, you you enter the stadium. You haven't spent much time in the pit, but on the audience side, you basically only ever watch like hollow vids or you are in the pit uh, fighting. And so this is a very different view for you. And you notice that, uh, you know, that there's just so many people watching and you see down in the in the the pits arena that Silent Monday is fighting a uh, fighter that you've seen and and probably haven't fought yet because uh, that's what these fights are for. But you know that this is Wolf and that he is known for, you know, using his surroundings to battle. Um, and well, as the you- trick to that is to always be above the surroundings. <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, well, what, what were you saying? Oh, uh, just... Watching the fight for once in my life. Ah, and uh, you see Clear like looking around in the audience and he like looks back at you and he says, well, that's odd. Master is not here. Oh, probably because I uh, paged him about you. I was trying to find you when you were more alive earlier. So very likely he's uh, scrambling, looking for you. Why? Why did you try to find me? You looked interesting. Huh. I'm a very simple person. Interesting. Well, he must be somewhere. Let us see if we can find him. And he starts to kind of like float off. Um... Just to be clear, the master he's talking about is not your master. It's his master. Right. The guy you was sitting next to. Yes. Uh, so he starts floating up and he, he's just kind of like he's he's floating in the like least joyful way. If you know what I mean? Like he's not like swimming or like he doesn't look like he's having fun. He literally just looks like he's standing perfectly straight, like with good posture but he just happens to be like floating and moving in space. Kind of like when you hack a video game and he's just, you're stuck in like the standing position, even though you can move up and down and left and right. And so uh, you guys go up and kind of around um, as he tries to find Tannis Blaine, his master. Uh, it takes you a few moments and you find Tannis Blaine in the office of Kaiser Rex in his uh, beautiful sort of suite. There he points out and he points to Tannis and he says, that is my master. Just one moment. And Tannis is is having a conversation with Kaiser. And um, Kaiser is looking very kind of like. Strangely placating, like he looks like he's really trying to like meet his needs and figure out how to like make this work kind of situation. Uh, Tannis looks pissed as hell and you can't really like hear what they're saying because you're in like this different uh, plane of existence, but you can sort of see him mouthing and uh, and you can see him mouthing like Clear's name and some other expletives. Um, And essentially what you kind of like pick up is like 
the like how much money clear costs like that was like the thing he was the most mad about like not losing his envoy but like do you have any idea how much this cost me and how much it will cost to train another or to like have another one uh grown or whatever um which you know is not great and i think at that you start to feel a measure of psi energy kind of welling up around clear uh as he looks back at you and there's something a little different in his eyes he doesn't look as like um monotone is in his expression um but he he looks angry is there a problem yes my master is the problem and you see him reaching his hand up and you can feel this psi energy starting to well around him what do you do da, 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 da. just a second why don't you talk it out with me I was going to ask you about it, how you felt about your master. I have never really thought about it, but seeing him here, angry, I feel like I should be pleased, but the words he's speaking and the things that are going on in his mind make me very, uh, fiery? I feel fire inside you were hoping that somebody missed you as opposed to missed some chunk of change in their wallet yes i feel fire and i must burn him and he reaches his hand out uh, da, 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 da. let me show you how it's really done let's what's around this office that i can use telekinesis on uh are you trying to just make put on a show or are you trying to like do some damage. Uh, maybe do some damage. Well, there, there's furniture, there's giant uh, plant potters and fake plants, you know, that are, they're like 500 pound plant potters. There's, uh, you know, all of these liquor bottles and ornaments and probably Is there anything perched above? Tannis Blaine the thirds like a chandelier uh I mean that could work or just literally anything perched above his head like a bottle uh do be aware <laughs> that you have a psi collar on and it's uh minus two to psi powers well I feel like being spicy Clarence is feeling spicy spice it up Clarence was that with a minus two, or did you not add the minus two? I did not add the minus two, but with the minus two, it's a seven. Yep, so it's a seven. With what you have, you could choose, you have fine control over it, and basically, like, you are controlling the bottle, and just, it, like, hits into him, but doesn't do damage, but then you just cause it to break open like an egg. Okay, that seems fine. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. I'll take harm, whatever. So uh, clear, he's got his hand out and then you interrupt him. Uh, What do you do? Do you like wave your hand or do you just say like, watch this and then the bottle flies off? Uh, I wave my hand and then it's kind of like I point and then kind of drag across as if I'm almost um, doing a disco move a little bit. (laughs) You know, there's a certain little bit of showmanship to it. Nice. And then a uh, casual flick of the wrists. <laughs> sure. Uh, so you do this like disco dance, flick your wrist, the, this bottle of expensive like rum and this like kind of. Oh, hum- not rum, though. I like rum. Whether Clarence likes rum or not, I don't know. I like rum. You, you said the most expensive thing. Uh, All right. And and so it's like this round bottle and it comes flying at his head and smashes in the back of his head like everybody is totally stunned. And uh, and then you see uh, Becker like do something on his brace device, his bracelet thing and uh, roll survey your surroundings. 12. Nice. So you can ask two questions. What is about to happen? So Becker has pulled up on his palm. Uh, all of the size that are currently in the building 
to that are collared to see if any of them registered an output. So he's trying to figure out who the heck is. That's what I figured. I guess the thing is best way to escape notice. Uh, the best way to escape notice would be to short out his uh, bracelet. Sounds good to me. Okay. Try that. Would that be a telekinesis roll or what? It will be face danger. <laughs> right. Face, plus, face. Plus one. Okay, so for a nine. Uh, so uh, the worst outcome is it shorts out and it causes him to stumble and bump into the crystal concilium, which is the memory storage device on his desk. And it's going to fall off and break in, in some way, which may lose some of your memories. You don't know, or you might have to grab it, but not be able to retrieve your memories immediately. Uh, if that's something that you're after, um, the tough decision is you can do this, but you all, the, the force of extra psi energy is actually going to, uh, kind of mess up clear a little bit in some way. And the price to pay is you do this, but it causes your uh, your healing pod to short circuit and you will no longer be receiving healing. Oh, the, the last one. I'll find a med pack. I mean, I'm about to become great friends with the doctor. <laughs> it does keep killing people just as long as it's not me. It's fine. OK, so, yeah, you reach out with your mind. And as uh, Becker is swiping and trying to find out who's like using psi powers right now, his bracelet just explodes on his wrist and kind of burns him. You seem like, oh, God, oh, fuck, what the? Ah, oh, shit, we've got a psychic. And uh, and he reaches over and he hits something on the wall. This pink lights that line the ceiling go off. And all of a sudden you feel this pain as both of you are forcibly ejected from this room, you find yourself in your body. You're not sure where clear is. With that, we're going to cut over to Doc Miller. Uh, Miller, you're sitting next to somebody you haven't seen in a few years. And immediately, you, your fear is that this person wants you dead. Uh, their name is Gleason Benson, and they are the brother of uh, Grin's old host. Benson. And he, uh, Doc accepts the beer, looks at Benson again, making sure that, uh, yes, in fact, this day could get worse, and uh, drinks about half of it. And uh, he's he wipes the top of his lip, uh, wiping off the foam with the top, um, and says, what are you doing here? Roll face danger. I rolled a 10. So he reaches up to grab you by the back of the head and slam your head into the counter. And, uh, you've got this big hat on and you kind of like duck down a little bit and the hat just comes right off your head and smashes on the counter, uh, breaking the glass. And he, he turns to you and he's like, why the hell do you think I'm here? Miller? Listen, I need to explain something to you, and now is neither the time nor the place. I understand. We just need to go and talk this over. And I'm sure that once I finish explaining, you'll understand why I did what I... I know this looks bad. Just come here and talk to me, Benson, somewhere else. Uh, he picks up his uh, beer glass which is pretty big and the way he's mm -hmm. holding it you definitely get the sense that that thing is about to hit you in the face uh he looks at you and you can tell there's just this unbridled rage behind his eyes and he says miller you're lucky that they had metal detectors on all the doors 
Because otherwise, you'd have a few new nostrils. Hello players, it's Paul Purnell, the creative director of the RPG Empire and the keeper of Dust World RPG, as well as I play Lucas in Strangers in the Pines. I'm just here to let you know that we have just released a free one-page RPG called The Christmas Special. It's a game about playing Christmas movies, essentially. So if you love Christmas movies, you love The Grinch, you don't love Christmas, you can blast it. It's kind of up to you and the keeper whoever's running the game the dm so it's really simple you print it out you and your friends and you can create mayhem for christmas or you can save it it's up to you but we just released it so if you're interested in getting that just head on over to our website and click the download link so that's all for now i hope you are enjoying the show and we'll get on with it so back to the show play on And he swings at you again. Roll face danger. Okay. Uh, so Doc is is not trying to hurt him. Um, he's trying to like parry and like push his arms out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not really trying to hurt him back. He's just trying to make sure that. Oh, okay. Well, I got a five. I'll take that. Um. Yeah, so you get hit square in the face with this bottle or this uh, cup and it breaks across your face. Beer goes everywhere. People kind of like freak out and start kind of moving away from you. You hear some screams, but most people are kind of like this thing happens every night. Basically, Uh, you kind of tumble over across this table and hit the floor. Um, You take two harm, uh, but not unsoakable if you have any armor as he starts walking towards you. Get up, Miller. I want to see your eyes as I choke the life out of you like you did my brother. Doc looks up at him and says, You know, if this is what you came here to do, then you just do your business. But just know that You're killing an innocent man and you don't understand the situation as best as you think you do. But if it makes you feel better and I assure you that it won't just kill me. Why I will take you up on that deal. And he reaches over and he grabs two hefty looking bottles and he starts walking towards you. And then uh, you see someone yelling from behind him. And then two of those security guys just jump his ass and like knock the bottles out of his hands. They go sliding across the floor and one of them comes over to you and they're like, I'm so sorry, sir. Uh, you're Mr. Abilene, right? Uh, let, let me help you up there. Uh, no, that's that's OK. I. Then uh, he he looks at Benson and. He understands why he came here. He he can't imagine the feelings that have brought him to this moment, you know, attacking Doc here. And he just wants to explain everything to him, but he knows that that there will be another time for it. And Doc says, wait, can I talk to that young man for just a moment, please, before you take him away? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Anything you want, Mr. Abilene. Very sorry, sir. And uh, he kind of like leads you over. They've started escorting him away from the floor. Um, uh, Two big guys have like are holding his arms back. And he's like, what do you want, Miller? Uh, And he's trying to like struggle to still like get you. But he he just doesn't have the strength to overpower these two. but you can tell like the way he's looking around that he's he's calculating like how to get out, how to deal with these guys. And you know that even though he couldn't necessarily like brute force these guys, he's a trained soldier just like you. And you know that he has skills. Doc leans up close to him and says, listen, 
I, I need to I need to explain something to you and I uh, I don't want to tell you where I live because I I don't feel like that exactly be a safe idea at this point but if you still want to talk meet me at the Kleintech Hollow Park at noon in a couple of days he like looks at you and, and roll face danger he says I'll be there and I'll be unarmed. Okay. If you feel like this is what you need to do, then that's what we'll do. Eleven. He tries to uh, headbutt you because you came so close to him, and he's got a lot of force. You can feel it, but you manage to like sidestep with no problem. Um, he's like, oh, I'll be there, and I'm happy to kill you there or here or in your own bed or in an alley or at a restaurant. I don't care. I will find you. I will find you and I will end you. I will avenge Freddy. I will kill you, Miller. And the guards kind of look at him like, is this guy crazy? He keeps calling you Miller. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know this gentleman. I just wanted to be assured that he would be of no danger to me tonight. So please take him away. So as they're dragging him off, he's like, fuck you, Miller. I'm going to get you. I swear, I'm going to find you, and I'm going to kill you. I'm going to cut your limbs off. It's going to be murder. Terrible. Oh, I swear, I'm going to get it. And he just keeps shouting, and, like, like it's starting to disturb people until finally they just, like, cover his mouth and, uh, and like, literally forcibly remove him down into the back uh, hallways where there's a whole other sort of situation going on. With that, we're going to cut back to, uh, let's see... I think Silent Monday. So with that, we cut back to Silent Monday, who is uh, standing in the middle of this ring, trading blow for blow with uh, with the wolf. Is there anything you want to say to him? How are you like kind of what's happening right now? I'm going to say that he's looking really tired. Okay, I'm going to say that Monday is like popping text discreetly on his chest while doing like poses over his prone form and uh, making sure he's noticing. Oh, he's gotten up. Okay. Uh, like you guys are, you guys are kind of like having a fight, you know? So he's like swinging, you're dodging and like you're trading blows, but it's all kind of like glancing. It looks really good for the audience though. Okay. I'm going to say that while he's facing away from the audience, he's going to pop up text just for a wolf to see. Uh, things like, why are you doing this? We shouldn't, or you used to fight so honorably. What happened? Just things like that. Okay. Uh, roll. Read a tell. Nice. That would Got be an 11, 11, good sir. Man, you are on fire. Uh, okay. What are your questions? Uh, what secrets are they hiding? So as you uh, are kind of trading blows with him, you notice that there is a strange substance leaking out of his uh, his arm wound. Like somehow his blood looks tainted. Uh, And I think what happens is as you see this, you recall a case that came across your desk from uh, from Hanjo, Detective Hanjo, uh, that was about a drug, a synthetic drug called Crush which is highly addictive. Okay, and the next question is, how do I pressure them to stop fighting? Mm. Uh, I think if you could convince him that you will help him with his problem, then he will probably, or even (laughs) that you have crush that you could give him, uh, you could convince him. It's the crush, isn't it? He's going to pop up the text while he's looking at him. Uh, I think with that, he like kind of like takes a step back and like changes his stance a little bit. And he's like, how did how did you know? Who told you? I think uh, Monday is just going to do a little bird emote that flies off there. (laughs) <laughs> like a bird told me. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think with that, he he looks like he's going to get serious. What if he's going to pop more text saying, what if I told you I could get you more without having to fight? 
he uh, does that similar move and like creates a cloud and comes close to you. He's like, then this fight could be over very quickly. I know where I can get you some. How do you want to end this? I'm tired of fighting. Make it look good. And he like bursts the the air away from you guys, causing the cloud to go back by. And he grabs your hand and puts it on his throat. And he's like hitting your arm, like play fighting like you're choking him out. Okay. Roll sway somebody to convince the the crowd that you're beating him. Oh, dear. Oh, my God. <laughs> I am wild carding that. Oh, boy. No. no. Come on. Oh, <laughs> he, got it. An, he got an absolute one. Yep. Like the the uh -huh. lowest you could possibly get because he has a minus one yep. in uh, in acting. You know what they call face, that? They call uh, that uh, the sweet elixir of experience. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Uh, are you going to wild card it? It makes sense. I'm I'm definitely not against it. I mean, I'm taking the experience. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, let's see how this plays out. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you guys are kind of like playing it up and uh, and the crowd is is like not buying it so much. Uh, and then Wolf kind of falls on the ground, like as you like kind of throw him. Uh, a bunch of spikes come out and like stab him in his arm and he kind of rolls off and like holds his arm with his uh, good hand. So, yeah, the crowd is kind of booing as as your fight has gone from epic to like a like kind of a sissy fight of you guys like slapping each other unconvincingly. And uh, you make a, a blow and he kind of like hits the ground and rolls and a spike comes out through his shoulder and everyone's like <gasps> and uh, and he's like holding his shoulder. And then uh, the pit lord stands up where Kaiser normally is. But since he's not here, he's like, oh, I'll do this. And he raises his hand up and gives a thumbs up. And everyone's like, boo. And then he gives the thumbs down and was like, yay. What are you going to do? <laughs> Silent Monday. You're going to take this guy's life in cold blood in front of all these people. So Clarence, you wake up in your pod, it's shorting out and kind of like electrocuting you a little bit. You quickly, I imagine, get out of that, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, you hit the floor. You're kind of like still got a little bit of like a uh, spasms and Tuck comes running in. And he's like, oh, what the hell? Are you OK? Hey, boss. And uh, and he kind of like gets a towel and puts it around you and tries to help you stand up. Tuck. Uh, yes. Have a med pack. Uh, I mean, no, we've we've got this thing. OK, but if this thing doesn't work, which it's not right now for reasons, um, we have emergency med packs, right? No, we have. OK, well, let's see. We have a million dollar like self-regenerating gel capsule. Why do we need med packs? It's called contingency plans. It's all right. You don't make the rules. Kaiser Rex does. This is more uh, exploitation of the worker. Anyway, uh, so it <laughs> won't. I, I, I don't know. I'm not quite sure uh, Clarence is going to go full that direction, but we'll see. Um, treat a wound. Yeah. How many how many wounds do you have right now? One. Okay. You, you I have one from uh, the telekinesis earlier. Yeah, so roll treat a wound, but if you fail treat a wound, you do make it worse, so. Well, I didn't, so how about them apples? <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, that's fine. So you uh, sit down and you, he like hands you some bandages and you have like some burn marks from the healing gel uh, kind of short circuiting in there, and so you wrap that up. Um, oh man, I didn't even know this could happen. Holy crap. Well, you know, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I got nothing. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, it, it, it give, it'll give me something to strive for my next fights. Yeah, yeah. What's going on right now with everything? Uh, I don't know. I've been here. What do you mean? What's going on? Well, fight? well oh, it's it's hella crazy. And he like uh, kind of waves his hand from his 
bracelet, which I'm just going to call a brace. Uh, it in like a hollow projector in your room projects the whole stadium and you can see like that, uh, that El Tigre is standing up over, um, over Wolf with his staff out, like kind of pointed towards his neck and the pit boss is giving him the thumbs down. Oh, come on. Wolf was my kill. Ridiculous. I don't know. El Tigre, he was, he had, it was epic. He was like flying in the air, doing like flips, hitting him with some kind of crazy giant stick. It sounded less cool when I said it out loud, but it was cool. You're great. But thanks, buddy. Let's level here. Don't you find it a little bit concerning that they're just axing all these contestants, recycling none of them? Don't you think that they're going to kind of cash out? They aren't planning on keeping this going forever. They don't have this job for long. This well, is just a tax write-off. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, they just pick these guys up, you know, out in the wasteland or... I mean, the city, there's like, what, three billion people living here? There's got to be some crazy wackos that want to fight or, you know, you get them hooked on Crush and then, you know, they'll do anything for that stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, but they've got to be running out at some point. Yeah, or they can always just, like, make robots or genetically engineer humans. I mean, pretty much. You see that. (sighs) And he kind of looks at you for a moment with a long pause and he's like, I don't know. I don't know. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, who wants to see a mutant fight, I say, as you know, I shamble around in all my glory. <laughs> I, I couldn't I couldn't imagine why. Um, okay. Um, wow, well, I have literally nothing to do. Tuck, what do you think I should do? Uh, we could go down and congratulate El Tigre. I mean, he's Definitely going to win, I think. Uh, I want to hold off on that. I have my own reasons. If anything, I'm okay with snubbing El Tigre for a little bit. Oh, okay. Can I Can I go? He might give me an autograph. Yeah, go nuts. But um, I think I'm just going to rest a little while. Okay. Yeah. So you, you lay down on the chase lounge and uh, and fall out of your body. And as you start to float up towards the penthouse where you last left clear, uh, we're going to cut away to Doc Miller. Miller, you're standing in the middle of the casino. You smell like beer even worse than before. You've got glass shards in your face. Uh, you're f- afraid that that guy's going to spill the beans on who you are, that they're going to find tapes of you, you killing people or figure out that there's an hour missing and that the the cowboy did it. What are you going to do right now? Um, He wants to go check on the fight because he needs to get Monday and they need to get the hell out of here and abort mission on this particular outing. Uh, yeah, so you... Look at look at your phone uh, to see the score, and you can see that like Silent Monday is basically one. Uh, you can look at the like a hollow projection of of what's going on right now, and that he's a uh, he's about to have to kill this guy in cold blood. Well, he doesn't really care for the idea of Monday killing people in the arena, uh, and he he's just gonna send a text to Monday and say. We need to get out of here as soon as you can. As soon as you can finish the fight, um, we need to leave ASAP. Okay, so Monday gets up, and then uh, that text comes through <laughs> while you're standing there in front of this crowd. He also says, "Try not to kill the dude." Okay. Uh, where, where's Miller right now? Is he heading towards the locker room? Is he heading towards the exit? I feel like um, he can probably leave without Monday. Monday would... I I would think that they would probably have a, a rendezvous point 
that they knew about ahead of time. I, I feel like that's fair. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that would make okay. sense. So it's, um, yeah, it's, so Doc is going to head out the door and just says, you know, I'll meet you. I'll meet you later. And, and that would be understood. Totally. To be there. Uh, yeah. Rendezvous. So, okay. Uh, as Doc heads out the door Monday, you're standing in the middle of this crowd, uh, you know, this crowded amphitheater, you know, you're at the middle of this arena. They're giving you the thumbs down. What do you do? I think, uh, well, first he's going to get the text. Uh, I'm going to say that Monday has kind of like a HUD inside his uh, helmet or his mask there. Mm -hmm. So he sees that. He also sees the crowd and he sees the pit master. And then Monday is going to take a second to go back to that memory of the bridge. Okay. This is going to trigger another memory. A memory of him working with Sensei Tanaka on that waveform that was used on the bridge and how to yep. channel it. Nice. With that, Monday is going to raise his sword up and he's going to do that uh, chart whenever he's meditating. He does kind of like this ripple thing, except in reverse. Mm -hmm. uh, he's going to do that and he's going to try and make it look like he's suffusing himself with some kind of energy. Nice. Okay. And then once the uh, how does the crowd react to this, by the way? Uh, everyone's like, like clapping. They're like, do it, do it. Woo, yeah, T-Bray. And once he feels the moment is right, he is going to slam his blade down, but at the last second, change it to the staff and blast Wolf with a Schwartz wave and send him flying to make it look like that he has finished him off. Yeah, so uh, you do this. You reach up. You strike the ground. This like wave of key comes out of you. And this blue energy kind of ripples and causes him to fly. And uh, and he looks like he's about to hit the wall. Um, but you see uh, you're able to see these like quick air currents like hitting him in just the right way. And he lands right in your uh silent monday outline in in the spike wall and he like acts like he's dead he's just like stuck in there uh but it he, he's just about your size so he does take a little bit of harm but uh he he you don't think he's dead and as that happens uh the crowd goes wild i think miller you were watching the end of this clarence uh you're already out of the out of your body um, and so like with that kind of the lights dim on the, uh, on the stadium and the, the announcer's like, well, that was one hell of a fight. I don't think we've seen anything like that in ages. Oh, it gave me the tingles. It was like when, uh, first entered the ring and everyone like cheers, like, ah! he's like, I can't wait to see El Tigre's next fight on Three days from now, come back if you want to see him and Psychomancer. Hit it off. All right. Have a good night and enjoy the bar, everybody. And everyone's like cheering. Um, with that, we're going to cut to Clarence. Uh, Clarence, you are outside of where you left clear and you're looking around. Roll uh, survey your surroundings. All right. I've come to survey. I've come to survey surroundings. 15. Oh, my God. Just because I'm feeling spicy, what's here is what here is not what it appears to be. Hmm. In what regards, like what would you be looking for? Well, I'm in the astral plane right now. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned something earlier about there can be dangers there. Mm -hmm. I got kicked out of the astral plane. Yeah. Is there anything that's entered the astral plane since that's oh yes so uh i don't think you need to take a question as you come near the room you see that there is a cube of pink energy surrounding the room and you realize they must have like some sort of side blocking uh technology that's been deployed there okay that's not a question that's just okay well what is of use or valuable to me 
Um, as you look around, you see a faint trail of psi energy kind of leading off and away from the room. Well, I'm following that, and um, I'll hold my next question, I guess. Yep, you can do that. Um, All right. So, yeah, you follow the energy, and as you do, you you come upon clear. He's only like three quarters of a of a clear now, like his legs have kind of like disintegrated into kind of like a fuzzy energy ball, almost uh, <laughs> like a tail. Uh, he's got a Casper tail now and uh, and he seems a lot weaker. Well, they really don't like jokes around here. They really like all the uh, the theatrics to just stay in the ring. That didn't go too well, did it? No, it didn't. I had the f- the fire. I wanted to release the fire. Why? Why didn't you let me? Now I can't. And he looks sad. You you shouldn't disappear like this. It's it's not fair. I don't care if you're a clone. Maybe I'm a clone. Maybe we're all clones. Maybe somewhere there's an original who thinks he's a clone, you know? Maybe. So stupid. Well, if you're a clone, you can just check your DNA. No, don't don't put that curse on me. Now I'll have to find out. Well, you really want to release that fire, don't you? I, I did want to release that fire. But I don't quite feel it anymore it's it's gone he looks over to you and he says Icarus the octohedron went went Icarus my master was brokering a deal Silva, she's the personal attendant of number three. I know all that. I just don't know what the hell Icarus is. We don't know either. Whatever it is, though, the Octohedron are paying a ransom for it and said that anyone who looks in it will have their memories erased back to childhood. What the hell? Who wants that? What do you mean? Erased? Uh, memories erased back to childhood? Or, or are you talking about like a punishment if you look at it? Or if yes. that's what it does? Oh. No, no. That, okay. is, that is the punishment. They will erase you. They already have. Well, I suppose you have nothing to lose then. If you can just find it. Huh. Indeed. I don't want you to leave. Maybe I can stay with you? Please. And he puts his hand out towards you. I grab hold of it. Uh, when you touch his hand, you feel a surge of psi energy. And you can feel this sort of strange feeling, like something you've never really felt. It feels like home as these ripples of energy kind of coursing up from his sort of where his feet would be and kind of trailing off. And with each wave, less of his sigh like uh, astral form is is visible and more of it you feel kind of moving into your body. And when he does, you can hear his voice in your head. This feels so familiar. Not sure this is quite what I had in mind. Just don't touch him. As Doc Miller is leaving, like heading out to get in his car, all of a sudden he finds a bag over his head. 
and he finds himself thrown inside of some sort of vehicle. <laughs> and he hears muffled talking through whatever this bag is, which seems to be sort of like keeping his uh, senses like confused and uh, and making it really hard to hear. And he feels this car like hovering up or vehicle and starting to drive away. And as it does, he hears a voice in his ear. Should I kill them all? All. All. So that's it for this episode of Dust World Neon City. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to check out our mailing list and our website, therpgempire.com, where you can connect with us, get merch, and even download games.